Okay. Allie is the one that's super good at intros. I am not. I'm awkward. So we're just going to get right into it this week. Um, if you couldn't figure it out from what I just said, Allie is unfortunately still under the weather. So here I am again with my awkward self, but I'm not alone this time. We have another guest this week who just happens to be my sister, Ryan. Hi, Disney fans. I'm really happy to be here this week. <laughs> you sound like such a dork. It's, it's what, a, what a golden opportunity to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Ryan, actual, she's, I was about to say, yeah, Ryan's from New Jersey. Like, no shit, because you're my sister. Yeah. Um, but yes, Ryan moved here with me about a month ago at this yeah. point. So it's been pretty crazy, mm-hmm. but she was sucked in by the Disney cult. Yes, I was. <laughs> I am uh, not quite as knowledgeable as Lindsay and Allie. I don't know how much of a fill-in I'll be for Allie, but I'm going to try my best. And we picked a topic that I'm knowledgeable enough on. Out of all Disney things, I um, I don't want to spoil... I don't know. Do you want to say what we're talking about? We'll, we'll get there in a second. Well, it's funny because Ryan and I were going to Disney Springs the other night and... It kind of hit me because I was kind of like, I really don't want to do another solo episode because it's just, I, it's no fun doing it by yourself. Not that it, you know, that sounded really dramatic, but you know what I mean? No one to like bounce off of. Yeah. I'm such a babbler and it's so much, yeah, it's so much easier to like cut it and start over and be extra picky when you're by yourself. And that was driving Mm -hmm. me insane. Um, so I looked at Ryan and I was like, yo, please do this with me. Oh my gosh, what was that lime drink I had at the wine bar? The lime... Oh, crap. It, it was a Riesling drink that was, like, blended. Lindsay got the pineapple dole Yeah, I one. got the frascata. I forget what that other one was called. But basically, it's the lime version of the frascata. Yeah, yeah. It was very good. It was very limey. This is not a drink review episode, but it was <laughs> very lime-flavored. I was going to say, I th- never mind. You'd put a completely different If I'm different on direction. again, we can do some drink reviews. Oh, yeah. I see. Allie and I definitely want to do a drink review episode, so... Yeah, so I looked at Ryan, I was like, you can pick what we talk about, because like Ryan said, she's very new to the Disney cult, Mm -hmm. but we're going to get her there. So before we get into content, let's let them know a little bit about your Disney self, because they know the Disney side of Allie and me, so we'll just do simple things. Okay. What's your favorite Disney park? Um, Hollywood Studios. Oh, I'm not supposed to say, um... Oh, no. Well, that's what editing's for. It's okay, because I say um at least 50 times. So I love Hollywood Studios. Um, I'm actually a big fan of Toy Story Land. I really enjoyed being there. Just the atmosphere was really nice. Um, and I love Rock and Roller Coaster. That is so fun. I really want to go back. Well, we are going back in two weeks, because I know the pre-show for Rock and Roller Coaster started again. And the pre-show for Mickey and Minnie's. You haven't seen that yet. Uh, Yeah, I have not seen that. I really want to do Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway again. And I love the Star Wars land, obviously. So for (laughs) I'm sorry, wait, what? Star Wars land? Did I say Star Wars land? (laughs) Because <laughs> I said Toy Story Land. Yeah, no, everyone Star says Wars, freaking Galaxy's no, Edge. Uh, Ga- Galaxy's Edge, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> here's something that you guys, there's one thing for my Disney self that you need to know. I'm obsessed with Rey. More specifically, the actress who plays Rey in Hollywood studio- Studios. Like, unhealthily obsessed. Every time I go to Hollywood Studios, I want to say hi to her. I have this plan 
to get her to be my girlfriend. I'm going to make, like, a year-long plan. I was going to say, so if you're an actress who, you know, quote-unquote, is friends with Ray that listens to our right, podcast. friends with. That's what they call it. <laughs> Hit us up. Um, yes, please. Please do. Okay, so top three favorite Disney characters. Oh, jeez. Well, let's see. So, top three favorite Disney characters. I definitely have to say I love Mike Wazowski. How could you not? He's literally the funniest. Um, and then I love Wally. Um, how could you also not love Wally? It's the cutest robot in the history of robots. Which is funny because Wally's so underrated, but. He is very underrated. Note. He is the hero we need. And I love. My homie Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> Why is he your homie? I have, Why? What do you mean? I have never heard him be referenced as a homie. He's the best. We all need like a like a cute old man in your life, you know. Who's miserable? No, okay, he's I not miserable the, at the end. Okay. So he has I mean, a glow up. So man had a reason to be miserable, I guess. All right. Um, favorite Disney park snack. Park snack. You know what? You know I love me a churro. I also love a Mickey pretzel. They're always good with the cheese. That fake horrible cheese is yeah. just so dang addictive. I don't know what I'm putting into my body, but I like it. Um, yeah. I also love, well, because my one of my favorite ice creams is like a raspberry or black cherry soft serve. So raspberry Dole Whip is, is the shit. very good. Um, you know I also love, this is not really a snack, but you know I love Skipper's Canteen. I was going to say, that's one thing you, Allie, and I all have in common is we stan Skipper's yes. Canteen oh in my Magic God. Kingdom. So good. So, yeah, I definitely love all that. And any drinks. I love me some drinks. Ooh, the bubble tea I had in Epcot in China was super good as well if you're a, guys, if you're a fan of boba. They have one um, for food and wine right now, too. Yeah, definitely. I love bubble tea and everything. So that was really good, except I had to get it with whole milk, so it made my tummy hurt. Oh, well. But. <laughs> okay, so it's funny that you mentioned Toy Story Land was your favorite part of Hollywood Studios, mm -hmm. and that all of your favorite characters are Pixar characters. Funny, right? So this is the perfect lead-in to our content today. We are doing a top five Pixar showdown, beatdown, whatever yeah. you want to call it. We're talking about our top five favorite Pixar movies. And I'm so happy because Allie was able to send over her top five. So she's not here physically, but she will be here with us in spirit. Yes. And I can tell you right now, Ryan and I did not share our list beforehand because uh, we kind of wanted to, do, we wanted this to be like a live debate. I was but, very secretive. And Ryan doesn't know Allie's, but I can tell you right now, Allie and I's are very different. We only have one movie in common that's on our list. Wow. So this should be super interesting. I know a lot of our listeners are pas passionate about Pixar, so this will mm -hmm. be fun. I can show you the world. Beauty and the shining to one obviously we save the best for last and we are doing this 
kind of like our favorite Pixar movies. Because I know with my list, I have movies on here that are definitely not the most critically acclaimed Pixar movies. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I'm going to get some eye rolls during this episode. But yeah, we did this like our own personal top five, just to make that clear. Yeah, like... I have a feeling your movies are going to be more critically acclaimed I than mine. I feel like, yeah, because you're saying this, and I'm, like, looking at my movies, like, I don't know how people... Like, f- I don't know the community, like, how they're going to judge me, but I don't know. So, like, yeah, these are kind of, like, personal to me, like, the ones... Like, these are just my opinion. Pixar is all personal, so... Oh, yeah. I think I just got something in my eye. Okay, okay, we're good. <laughs> all right, Ryan, you can go first. You're number five spot. Okay, so number five for me, is going to be Toy Story 2. (laughs) Yeah, Toy Story 2 specifically. Okay, I was so prepared for us to go to war over this list, but I love Toy Story 2. And I was thinking, I was like, so Toy Story 2 came out in 1995. For you guys probably don't know, Lindsay was born in 94, I was born in 98, and Toy Story 3 didn't come out until 2010. Yeah. So Toy Story 2 was kind of the one that came out closest to us being so that's the kind of the one we were like raised on yeah we grew up with toy story too and i love this one because i feel like out of all the toy stories like the storylines going on in this are the most compelling like you find out woody's origin story mm-hmm. woody's roundup the 1950s show and you meet jesse and bullseye and the very accurately named stinky pete stinky <laughs> Very accurate name. I was gonna say Toy Story Two is apparently like the least popular of all of them, and I, I don't it's understand. Like the most iconic, like it has, and then the scene with Jesse and Emily. Dude, that one was a tearjerker. This movie, it just hurt. I mean, all the Toy Stories make you cry your eyes out, but I feel like this one, and then the scene where the collector who took Woody, mm-hmm. when Ow. he, yeah, ow, oh my god, when he, like, ha- does Woody's all, like, glow up, where he, like, cleans him up, and, That's like, such a satisfying scene. It's such, I mean, that is, like, the, like, is that not the most satisfying thing ever? And then, I, I just love the scene with Jessie, and, like, seeing her, like, owner, Emily, like, slowly start to forget about her... Dude, and then we have freaking the most iconic group, Buzz, Ham, Rex, Slinky Dog, and Mr. Potato Head going to try and rescue Woody, and they go to the, the discount, like, toys. The Al's toy barn. Yeah, yeah, the toy barn, um, and that is so funny, and you know, like, I'm Rex. Oh, Rex is the poster child for anxiety. I love Rex, so for that reason. I am so Rex all the time. I just love him. And then the scene towards the end where the Zerg action figure comes out as the, the fake, dad? as the dad, like like a Star Wars moment. Oh yeah, the Empire Strikes Back moment. Yo, that is so, I thought that whole thing was hysterical. Everyone so thought funny. it was so stupid, but that whole thing, especially at the end where they're having a catch outside, it yes. was so dumb, but that scene still makes me want to pee myself. And Wheezy the Penguin. Is oh that not the saddest thing? I mean, all the Toy Stories are great, but I think solely for the fact that we were more kind of raised on this one, I kind of just, I, I don't know, the whole movie is just the best, in yeah. my opinion. So. Clearly not the best, since it's in oh. this five spot. Well, yeah, <laughs> but best enough to make it. No, Toy Story 2 is so underrated. It introduced, like, such iconic characters. Yeah. And, that movie's so And you find out, like, a lot of, like, people's origin story, which I feel like is really important, because you didn't really get a lot of that in Toy Story 1. Mm Mm-hmm. And Toy Story 3 is good as well, but I just didn't like the story as much. I mean, that 
bear like pissed me off. We'll get we'll get to that. Oh gosh. Okay, so <laughs> this is where I feel like the eye rolls are gonna start oh, to begin. God. Not so much for my movie choice, but I think because where it's placed in my top five might get me um, some oh, eye rolls. Oh, why do I feel like I'm about to like give you an no, eye roll? Okay, so my number five movie is Finding Nemo. Okay. I love Finding Nemo, and I know it's one of the more critically acclaimed Pixar movies. It's classic. But there are just other movies I like watching better. But, I mean, Finding Nemo, right out the gate, your heartstrings are just in shambles. Yeah. I mean, we watched a family get straight up massacred. That's really morbid when you think about it. What is the fish's name in the fish tank? Like, the guy with the scar on his face? Like, the black and white fish? Gil. Oh, so have you seen, like, the memes where everyone says that, like, Gil is, like, hot? No. Like, if they... <laughs> like, if Gil was a person? Like, no, I guess, like, if they were a fish. I mean, like, yeah, Gil if I was is, a fish, like, hot. I- I'd go for it. I guess because he's, like, mysterious. That's something... Okay, that's a whole other subject for another episode. Okay, anyway. um, So, talking about characters like Gil, for me in this movie, what makes it so great is there's such a good character balance. There's Mm -hmm. so many great characters. And even though Marlon and Dory and Nemo are, like, the main characters, there's so many other characters that are iconic. I mean, Crush and Squirt. Oh, yeah. The iconic two. I mean, they're in the movie for, what, three minutes? And yet, they're such icons. And they're, like, everywhere still. Bruce and the other sharks. And even all the other people in the frickin' fish, fish tank. Yes. Uh, what's the frickin' crazy fish? Oh, my God. Bubbles? Yes. I love Bubbles, where he goes crazy. with uh, Dude, he's just, like, he's, like, so schizophrenic, but I love him. I kind of associate this movie, I guess, because of the scene with um, the girl in the dentist's office. I was just about to say Darla. Yeah. Such an underrated... She's low-key the villain. Bruce mm-hmm. is not the villain. Darla is the oh, villain. Yeah. She's so underrated, because she is insane. But I, like, associate this movie with playing in dentist offices, maybe for that scene, but I also feel like when we were little, like, it would always be playing in, like, dentist offices or, like, doctor's offices. Because our dentist office had a cool waiting area. Yeah, and it was just such a popular, like, movie, and it is definitely one of, like, the major, I feel like one of the top three classic Pixar movies for sure. Oh, 110%. And then the other comment I wanted to make, I'm definitely not, like... When I watch a movie, especially like a Disney or Pixar movie, I love the humor. Mm-hmm. Usually the humor is what um, kind of gets me to want to watch a movie over and over again. But I do have to give credit to like the story and the message behind this movie of like letting, not only letting your children go, but kind of like letting go of, of what was. Yeah. I just stumbled over my own words there. But something that I connect with Marlon with is I hate change. Change stresses me the hell out. Mm-hmm. Like, good or bad. Even good yeah. change stresses me out. So the fact that Marlon kind of, like, was fighting so hard for everything to stay the same, but towards the end he let it go and, you know, kind of grew, that kind of hit home with me. So that's my uh, serious note for a second there. And how it only took him a journey across the ocean. Yeah, to, right. Uh, it only took him, like... It. Yeah, so that's Finding Nemo, and Allie's number five spot is Brave, which kind of threw me off, and I told her that, but she said the reason, or I'm sorry, the reason Brave is in her number five spot is for the little brothers. 
Oh. She's like, when they turn into baby bears, I think it's some of the cutest Disney characters Aww. I've ever seen. Absolutely love them. And she even had a pillow pet of the little bear Aww. from Brave. So that is such an Allie reason to pick a <laughs> top five spot. So that's Allie's number five no, I love is that. Brave. And I told her, I was like, I didn't even know you liked that movie. She's like, nah, but I love it because of the brothers. So no, I love that reason. There's Allie's number five spot. We love you, girl. Love that. Okay, moving into number four. Oh, number four. Okay. Okay, so I think this is a pretty, I think people will agree with this. My number four is Inside Out. Ah, okay. So with this one, so this came out in 2015, and at that time, from like 2015 to 2016, I only had a DVD player in my room. And Throwback. I, I, yeah, first, it was literally like 2015, like I could have like had something else, but all I had was a DVD player at the time, and I had Inside Out on DVD, and I was like always lazy to like change the disc so I literally just had inside out on all the time like I would fall asleep with it on so I have like an obsession with it I don't know but also the cast is so good like I love the fact that Phyllis from the office is sadness she's so good she's so good and then like Mindy Kaling is um what is she she's disgust and Bill Hader's fear and Amy Poehler is joy joy I know it's just so cool because you see like it, things from Riley, Riley's perspective, like in her actual life, and then how it affects her in her mind, and how the things going on in her mind affect her outside, like in her real life, and like you see how like when she's torn away from her hometown, she has to move. How her mind, like the town in her mind, literally starts to fall apart and crumble, and it's just yeah, crazy. It's heavy stuff, and it's so heavy, but it's like the perfect amount of heavy versus lighthearted like when it starts to get really serious then it starts to get funny like it starts to get real crazy and then they bring in freaking bing bong bing like, bong literally his name's bing bong you know so what's then so it, like, sad though i'm sorry to cut you off people hate on bing bong and i don't get it there are people that either. literally can't stand bing bong and if you're one of those people, like, I'm not hating on you, but I don't understand. I'm hating on haters because <laughs> I hate how people take the time out of their day to be like, I hate Bing Bong. Like, I wish I had that time on my hands. I, I I'm hating on you for being a hater of Bing Bong. Well, then. That's where we're at. Okay. But, yeah, no, I just love the story. I love how it's, like, something deep. But it's it's balanced, it's like not with this too much. perfect amount, and it's a fun play on like this thing that people always say, like what goes on in your head. Like they, I like how Pixar takes these like classic things that people will like play on, and they turn it into like this amazing story. But it's balanced with deepness, but like funny. Oh, of course, it has its moments. Oh yeah. So my number four is Monsters University, and you're giving me a face. I love Monsters University, and this is one of those movies where I said, is it one of the most critically acclaimed classic Pixar movies? No. I know that. I know by the books there are better Pixar movies, but this is one of the movies I love watching over and over again. I do love the little Mike Wazowski. Yes! I mean, come on. Okay, that right there. Little Mike Wazowski, iconic. Love him. He's adorable. I do love a good, like, background story. Yeah. Like, I do love that stuff. Like, that's why I love Toy Story 2, because you get a lot of backstory. So understanding where Mike Wazowski came from, yeah. like, and he is one. So, yeah. No, I get it. I, I mean, before I even get into the actual movie, the fact that the release was planned the way it was, 
The yeah. fact that the original Monsters, Inc. came out in, what, 2001? I was in first grade. And then it was released right when our age group was going to college and graduating high school. Like, yeah. come on. It was set up for us to be attached. I mean, granted, yeah, I'm older than you. So my age group, I feel like, automatically has more of a connection to it than, like, other people do because mm-hmm. of when it was released that strategically. So right there, I know I'm more attached to it for that reason than other yeah. people. But, dude, this movie, I am a sucker for gag jokes. Mm-hmm. And this movie is so full of stupid gag jokes, and I love it. And I'm sorry, my favorite scene from the whole movie is when the, uh, Uzma Kappa goes to sneak into Monsters, Inc., and they, the mom's out in the car, and she just oh starts playing God. screamo yes. metal music. Like, come on, that was so irrelevant, but I Those little loved things. it. The mom is probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Yes. She was freaking, dude, she's underrated. <laughs> Um, Uzma Kappa in general. That's I love just the scene where those are my people. Like where they're doing the um, like the dance off or whatever. Yeah. Where they're dancing. Oh my god. Uzma Kappa's just they are great. I don't even yes. need to get into why they're great. And I feel like the ending of this movie is an ending that people don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at classic Pixar Disney movies, I fully expected them to win the contest. You know, they get to all go in the scare program, but that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. The fact that Sully fessed up to cheating and they got, they ended up getting kicked out and that was, even when they did confess and all that crap went down, I thought, what was the Dean's name? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. Whatever her name was. (laughs) It'll come to me, you know, two hours from now. Yeah. The fact that... I fully expected her to be like, you know what, never mind. You guys did this. You pulled off the ultimate scare. You deserve to stay. You're going to stay. And the fact that they Mm -hmm. got kicked out anyway. Yeah. I was not expecting that. So the fact that there was a Disney Pixar ending that kind of was like, oh, didn't see that coming. I don't think that ending gets enough credit. And I think I, I like it because it shows the audience that they're trying to get it towards, like the audience that's about to go off to college, that things might not work, work out, out the way that you want them to, but th- look, things can still work out when you think they might not. Like, yeah, even if you have to take an alternate route or it takes you a lot longer, you can still get to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important message for everybody is like, look at Mike Wazowski. All he wanted his whole life was to get into the SCARE program. Yeah. Sully, whose family grew up with it, he felt like such a disappointment because yeah. he got kicked out of the SCARE program. And those are feelings I feel like people our age can truly resonate with, especially with the times we're living in now. Yeah, for sure. Where a lot of, you know, life plans are just not working out. I think that's such an important message for people to see that even if it doesn't go by the books... It can still work out. Exactly, yeah. So, such an underrated ending. I love Monsters University. Yeah. All right, Allie's number four, and I respect the crap out of this one. Her number four is Ratatouille. Okay, I like that. Yep, Ratatouille, and she says she loves the idea to always follow your dreams, and overall, it's just a cute, inspirational movie, and I respect the crap out of that, so... I mean, hey, Ratatouille's really become way more popular over the years, I feel. Yeah, you know what? It's funny you said that, because I feel like when Ratatouille first came out, it really wasn't popular, but it's become super popular in recent years. Yeah, well, my TikTok users know about Ratatouille the musical. Oh my god, that stupid song! No, No, I'm not saying that I agree with it. Like, I'm not, like, on it, but it is a thing. I don't know 
why it's a thing. I don't know. People are crazy. These are the same people that say freaking Gil from Finding Nemo is sexy. So you know, we need. I'm gonna write that in my notes. We need to have a whole episode about weird, these weird like, memes. Where yeah. yeah, okay. I'm putting that on my list. And why I'm doing that? Go into your number three. Oh, okay. So let's see. Even though I know what it is, let's see. Um, number three for me, not surprisingly, because I know a lot of people love this movie, it's going to be Up. Oh god, this is the moment. I, oh my god, I love Carl. I mean, not only, like, the opening montage of seeing, like, Carl and Ellie and their life together, how they met when they were young, and then they grew old together, and they never got to go to Paradise Falls together, and, like... Oh my god, I just, I don't know. So not only that, I mean, that enough. Like, you were crying within the first yeah. ten minutes of the movie. Um, but I love the main character pairing of this grumpy old man and then this freaking random child off the street. This wilderness explorer, or mm-hmm. I forget what he is, but then... Wilderness explorer. Wilderness explorer. And how... Um, also, it's like, I love how this old man is so stubborn to not give up his property to these, like, realtors, and he doesn't want to go off to, like, a nursing home, that he loads his roof up with balloons from, like... I gotta give him respect for that. And he flies away in front of all these people, like... That is the ultimate, like... Which the scientific accuracy there... Is not real. But, like, I just... I love, like, that is... That's how you know you're having a crisis. But... All right. Um, I will say right now that Up is not in my top five. Not even close to my top five. And this is where I get eye rolls. This is where I'm pretty sure I lose Allie and I followers. I don't like Up. Why exactly? The first three minutes of that movie is 110% the best part. I love the first three minutes because somehow in three minutes they tell you this whole lifetime of a story and it's a genuine, it's a genuine sadness. Like I Mm -hmm. genuinely, it doesn't feel forced. It's just that whole first three minutes is heartbreaking. But for me, the whole rest of the movie does not even touch that first three minutes it just started so strong and so hard that I was kind of let down and disappointed mm-hmm. by the rest of the story. And also, the villain is so forced. The villain is just not necessary in this movie. I just feel like I know, I get that. I wish we could have seen more of Carl and Ellie's relationship. Exactly. But I, I like it for the fact of like it's showing his journey after his loss. And him trying to fulfill that promise so desperately. I respect the storyline. I do. The storyline is great, but it's just, to me, the way it was carried out just did not match the first three minutes. And then, like I said, the fact that they threw in a villain, what's his name, Charles Muntz or something like that? Yeah. It's just, the villain was not needed for Mm -hmm. the story. I don't know. That kind of ruined it for me when that villain came into play. I get the purpose. It was supposed to be like, oh my god, his dream, like the guy they've always wanted to meet is, you know, kind of a douchebag, but it just, yeah. I don't know, it felt very forced to me. Yeah. So sorry, Disney world, or Disney community. I, I know I'm losing points with you all because I'm not a big Up fan. I mean, I respect it. I like, the, I love Kevin. I love the characters. I don't not like the movie. It's just not one I watch on my own free will. I love Doug. I love all of the talking dogs. I like how the really 
like the main dog in like the, the enemy squad. pack. Yeah, has like, a squeaky voice. When he uh, he's supposed to have like a real deep scary voice, but then his collar gets messed up, and now he has a really high pitched voice. Like, and I, I love Doug. What I mean, like squirrel. That was Squirrels. so... I mean, that's iconic. Now. That was such a thing at the time. Like... Guys, do a shot every time we say iconic. <laughs> um, and I just... Oh, my God. I love... Um, I just love it. I love the unconventional pairing of, like, the characters. And I do love, like, showing um, his journey. Like, after he lost, like, his life partner. And how ultimately his house does land on Paradise Falls. But he chose to go back. Yeah. Um, but so he doesn't know that he ultimately fulfilled that promise, but because he chose to go back, which I think Ellie would have wanted him to go continue his life. Yeah. It also kind of bugs me that he didn't know that yeah. it got there. That, I don't know. Something. But I that's need... the good thing about Pixar is that their endings are so unconventional that I it's know. not the way that you really wanted it. But he's not there alone at Paradise Falls, still attached to this idea of trying to like have her. He chose to go back and live. Yeah. No, like I said, I respect it. I see why it's a good movie. I see why people like it. It's just not my Mm -hmm. personal cup of tea. Yeah. So, moving into my number three, it's actually Inside Out. Oh, so you have something in common. I agree with all the things you said, obviously, but I'll touch up on some things that you didn't say. Um, Something I find so interesting about this movie is it doesn't have a villain. There's no yeah. villain, which yeah. is again for Disney Pixar kids movies, it's not it's not common for there to be no kind of villain. The villain is her mind. Yeah, yeah, pff, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's amazing the way they address real emotions, how yes. you know sadness can lead to happiness. That you know sadness and happiness are one and the same because mm-hmm. that's something. I mean, obviously you think of sad and happy as opposites, but they're kind of literally one and the same thing. And sadness saves the day. Yeah, you can't experience happiness. Happiness without, I mean, you can technically experience happiness without sadness, but really they go hand in hand. And I think that's such an important thing for people to realize. I think this movie is very therapeutic without it being, you know, nail on the head therapy. Like I said, I'm a teacher and this is a movie I like to show my kids and have discussions about because it presents, you know, those serious talks in a kid-friendly way without it being too much. So I think that's amazing. And like I said, everyone hates on Bing Bong, but you know, that, his whole purpose really hit home with me mm-hmm. about how it's like you forget about those major things from your childhood, even if they yeah. were so important, like how Bing Bong was her best friend and how easily those things are forgotten. Yeah. And I'm sorry, his sacrifice, dude. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. For all of you hating on Bing Bong. That's what I'm saying. He like, made such a big sacrifice. He All he wanted was to play with Riley one more time. Yeah. And it, like, I'm about to tear up right now talking about the <laughs> fact that he accepted that that was never going to happen. And he went into the Black Abyss or whatever it was called. Yo. Yeah. Like I said, I feel tears in the These back of my eyeballs. These movies literally make you believe, especially like Toy Story 2 as a child, that like when you stop playing with your toys, that you're making them experience trauma. Yeah. Like I thought I was giving my toys like depression. I, everyone makes fun of me because I'm a hoarder. If you know me on a personal level, you know I'm a low-key hoarder. Mm-hmm. And movies like Inside Out and Toy Story are the reason I'm a hoarder because because I think I am like hurting I, these inanimate objects to this day. I still can't do it. I moved here and bought my childhood stuffed animals with me because I was like, if I don't bring them, they're gonna be traumatized. I know. I can't. So. But um. Okay. So 
alleys. I could sit there and talk about Inside Out forever, oh, but you know. It's so good. Also, the end credits are amazing. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the inside, the cat in the dog's head had oh, right. me dying. Yeah, that was had so me dying. good. The end credits in that movie are freaking amazing. Allie's number three spot, and this was the oh. one I like, my mouth dropped. I was so surprised she said this. Her number three is Cars. Oh, interesting. I know some people, like, I'm not a Cars person. I'm, I'm not either. I, re- I do like the movies, but I feel like you're either a person who's like, I'm not really that into Cars, or you're like, I'm into it. Yeah, and Allie and I kind of have the same perspective on this. She said, you know, she's always loved Cars as a movies, but, but that's where me and her differ, because, like, I, I like Cars, but I don't really, I don't love it. But she said when she went to Disneyland, she said it really gave her a newfound love of the movie. Like, she's always loved it, but that kind of escalated it for her. And I'll say the same thing. Like, again, I've always liked Cars, but Cars Land in Disneyland, or I'm sorry, California Adventure, if you want to be technical, mm-hmm. is amazing. It literally oh, is yeah. straight up out no, of the movie. No, that makes sense. So. I'm sure seeing that would give you, like, yeah, new yeah. perspective, for sure. So, yeah, I respect that, but, yeah, caught me off oh, guard yeah. when she said that. No, so. that's different. Oh, computer's making noises again. Oh. Okay, we're getting close. So, number two? Yeah, number two. Okay, so I had a real toss-up between deciding, like, between number one and number two. Like, I have two movies I love the most. Yeah. But for, I decided to do Wally as my number two, just because, like, my number one's more of, like, a comforting, lighthearted, funny movie. This one, Wally, for me, like, I can't focus on anything else, but it's so deep. It's li- Pixar literally said, open your eyes, like, this is the future. Yeah. All you fatties are going to be sitting in floating chairs eating cheeseburgers yeah. in the sky because you rotted the earth and freaking poor little Wally, the cutest little thing. Yeah. The main character doesn't even speak and he's so compelling. Yeah. Which, I'll pause you right there. When we say fatties, we're not body shaming anybody. Oh no, oh my god. But I'm if sorry. you've seen Wally, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. There's a difference between being a bigger person and having different body types than to being straight up unhealthy. Oh, yes. Yeah. No. That's what we're talking about. You, just sorry, the way of the world we're in, we're not offending anybody, we're not body shaming anybody, but. No, but in the movie, if you've seen Wally, yeah. yeah. The you whole get it. point is Pixar is showing, like, what we're becoming. Yeah, not, as a whole world. Yeah, no. We don't body shame. Okay. And not even to mention Wally's like love for Eve, even when she's like, I guess you could say damaged or whatever, or she's not working. Like he does everything in his power to like save her, like continuously. Like the, this couple is just like so interesting and so different and like you understand their relationship and it growing and they can't even like talk. I just, I love it. It's so interesting. It's so unlike any other Pixar movie to oh, me. Oh, yeah. It's, but... It's different. Yeah, and it's not even, like... I mean, isn't uh, it silent for, like, 70% of the movie? Legit, like, what does like, that say? The whole movie, like, until he gets on the big place where everyone is, like, when he's on the ground, like, it's... He doesn't talk, so it's literally just, like, A noises. Silent movie, like, which how often do you see those anymore? And it's, like, so... Like, you're literally just looking into his life and him going around collecting random stuff and... He puts stuff in his little chest, and it comes out into a little block, and, like, yeah. uh, I don't know. And he just, like, goes out and collects things, and it's just so cute. Yeah. So I will say, Wally was one of the, like, Wally's not in my top five, but, again, if I was thinking, like, from a critically, a, a critically, wow, I can't say it, critically acclaimed <laughs> standpoint, like, if I was putting my bias aside and just strictly thinking of, like, 
overall best Pixar movies. Wally would definitely be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's Wally's not one I sit in like, oh my god, I want to watch it. You know, like I respect it. It's just yeah. not one of the ones. It's not that rewatchable for me. Mm-hmm. All right, it's crazy. Yeah. But. So my number two is Coco. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'll start by saying when Coco was first in theaters, it was released with um, what was the? It was that Frozen short, um, like Frozen Spring Fever. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was um, Elsa's birthday. It was that mm-hmm. Frozen short. That was the reason me and my friend went to go see Coco. I had no interest in seeing Coco. I had very low expectations, but dude, did I eat my words? That movie was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Solely because I'll say the animation is just stunning. The colors in that movie are stunning. Like, it just, it blew my mind. And another thing, again, I'm a teacher, and I think this movie is, obviously, it teaches a lot about, you know, the Mexican culture, the Day of the Dead and everything. Mm -hmm. But again, it does it in such an appropriate way. You know, I am Caucasian. I do not have Mexican heritage. So I kind of like, who am I to, you know, teach about something that I don't personally understand? It's not my place. But this is a way, like, we do talk about Day of the Dead in school. So, you know, I put on Coco. And I said, they do such a good job of introducing um, that culture and that holiday. So I really respect the crap out of it for that mm-hmm. this is when I always play for students that time of year and the song remember me yeah the fact that you know you hear it in so many different ways you know in a, the you know you hear it the upbeat way and it's like a celebration and it's all fun but then at the end <laughs> where they play it with like it's Miguel and Coco and they sing it in that heartbreaking way I'm like yeah. oh my god it's just that is one of the few songs I like can't listen to without crying mm-hmm. like that song hits me obviously it's supposed to you know what song hits me like that what is that song from Tarzan You'll be in my heart. That's another one for I me. remember sobbing to that song as a child. And I remember dad like yelling at me being like, why are you crying? crying? No, that's another song I can't listen to without crying. If I'm trying to have a good upbeat day and that co- song comes on my shuffle, oh, no. I skip it. That song's another one. It hurts. But um, yeah, the last thing I'll say about Coco is that was another ending I did not see coming. So yeah, the ending just completely took me by surprise. And the whole time, I like I had a feeling something was gonna happen because Ernesto de la Cruz, you were made to believe that he was Miguel's uh, great 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 whatever grandfather. Mm-hmm. But then him and Victor obviously were becoming so close throughout this journey. And in my head, I'm like, okay, what is gonna happen? Because Victor has to be involved with this family somehow. Like he can't just be an irrelevant outsider. Like he has mm-hmm. to be involved somehow. Yeah. So I knew that was coming, but I couldn't figure out how. And the fact that Ernesto turned out to be the villain and Victor was the true great-great-great-great-grandfather blew my mind. I was, like, so disappointed. I was like, no, really? This guy is an ass? Like, oh, I was so upset. But at the same time, I was happy Victor was the true great-great-grandfather. Again, it was such a big twist, but they did it in a way where it made sense and it wasn't, like, a cheesy moment. Uh-huh. I get tugged at my heartstrings at all the right times. And even, um, I forget the guy's name, but when they kind of get, you know, kicked out of Ernesto's and they're like in this, you know, back end corner of all the people that don't have family on earth. So they're kind of like in shambles. The older guy, 
mm-hmm. that ends up, you know, drifting away. Dude, that like, again, I'm sitting here stressing out. Like, oh my God, are there family members I forgot about that I'm like screwing in the afterlife? Oh, no. I literally wanted to like go back into our family heritage and make sure everyone was okay. Yeah. But um, no, overall, Coco, I forever hate myself for having low expectations for it. But that movie is just, it's so well done. It's, it's amazing. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that was my, I know I'm passionate about this because I low-key started screaming halfway through my description. That's how you know. All right. So Allie's number two is Up. Oh, yay. So I know Allie loves Up. Um, she said, I love the story. It reminds me of her grandparents. They met when they were only 12 years old and only wow. ever dated each other. So this movie, you know, kind of hits more on that personal note for her. Aww. And dude, her... I shout out to Mima. Um, you are awesome, and I love you. Yeah, their love story is the cutest thing ever, and it's one of those Aww. things like I would love to have their love story. So yeah, Allie's yeah. number two is up for personal connections, and that's freaking awesome. So I love that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, big one. <laughs> what should we do? Do like a drum roll. Even though I um, now, after hearing your list, I totally know what your number oh, one is. Oh yeah, it's if like, you know Ryan, you know what's coming. Oh for sure. Um. Oh my God. The clock says two 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 right now, even though it's actually three twenty two. Yeah, see, we lost. I've been spotting angel numbers. If y'all know, I've been spotting angel numbers a lot recently. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, um, if they know, they know. (laughs) So my number one, obviously, Lindsay said, if you know me, my favorite is Monsters Inc. Good choice. I respect it. OG classic. It was always. It's always been my favorite. I love this. I just love Mike Wazowski in this movie. Like, I love Boo and Sully's relationship. But the craziest thing for me, it's the craziest concept because it plays on the whole like monster in your closet or monster under your bed concept, but like in a funny way, but like just listen to the description of this movie. Like when you look at it. Oh, you actually have the Google description? Yeah, no, it's the Wikipedia description, but it's crazy. In a world inhabited by monsters, the city of Monstropolis is powered by energy from the screams of human children. (laughs) At the Monsters Incorporated factory, skilled monsters employed as scarers venture into the human world to scare children and harvest their screams through doors that activate portals to children's bedroom closets. Does that not sound like a horror movie? It does. Like... Oh my god. Well, surface level, it is a dark storyline when you think about it. And I'm sorry, Randall is... Nutty. He's savage. What he wanted to do, when you really stop and think about it, was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, like, but I love, like, the scene where they're, like, chasing Randall with all the doors. Like, Mm -hmm. you see the background. I think that is just so beautiful. But not only that, like, I love, okay, my favorite scene is when Sully and Mike are, like, in their apartment and the Monsters Incorporated commercial is about to play on TV and Mike is so excited because he's like, I'm going to be on this time. Like, I'm going to be on TV. Poor boy. And at the end, like, he's on it for, like, half a second before the Monsters, like, the M logo perfectly is around over his head, like, his whole body. And then at the end of the movie, like, you see this montage of how like, at the end, they go in and they harvest children's laughs now instead of their screams. So Mike will go into children's bedrooms and do comedy. And he goes into this kid's bedroom and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember kindergarten. It was the best three years of my life. <laughs> and, like, the kid's just sitting there, like, 
whatever and then mike finds out in order to get them to laugh he has to hurt himself yeah right <laughs> because his jokes are awful but his jokes are so funny i saw this post somewhere that was like these kids did not realize they're getting like the best the, comedy the best acts. comedy acts of all time but um the ending was so fulfilling like you see sully's face when he gets to see when when boo's like kitty like that his was, face is so yeah. like heart melting. So again, if you know me, you know I tend to be a um, harder edged person. Mm-hmm. I do not cry in movies. Like I don't cry. The only movies that make me cry um, are Marvel movies, but that's like a whole other you know psychotic problem. Oh yeah. Monsters Inc. Growing up was one of the few movies that made me cry at the end. I don't cry in movies very easily, especially growing up. Yeah, that was one of the few movies growing up that actually made me shed tears at the end. That, yeah. I, don't I know. was always <laughs> hoping for... I'm glad we got a second Monsters, Inc. movie, like Monsters Universe. I thought that was so cool, but I had always been hoping for another Monsters, Inc. Just because I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, that it was kind of kept the way it was, but like... With that kind of cliffhanger, like, they're finally back together. You wonder what's going to happen next. But, yeah. like, I, lo- I kind of love that it was, like, you know that they're okay. Yeah. It makes sense that you haven't watched Monsters at Work yet on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I'm just so attached to, like, the original idea of this movie and, like, the original movie yeah. itself. Like, I just love it. But I feel like it's also one of, like, similar to Finding Nemo, one of those, like, just classic yeah. ones for sure. If you haven't watched Monsters at Work yet on Disney Plus, it's it's adorable. It's a perfect background show for me, if that makes sense. Like if I'm cleaning or doing oh, yeah. some work, it's really fun to have on in the background. And it kind of just like Sully and Mike, they're more background characters in it, but it kind of focuses on like the other people that work at Monsters Inc. So I think it's such a fun concept. Oh yeah, and there's so many like funny side characters in Monsters Inc. as well that I love when you get to delve into them yeah. rather than... Even though Sully and Mike are, like, amazing and literally some of my favorite characters ever. I, I love them, but... Yeah. So, my number one, I kid you not, I was sitting there, like, my head in my hands, like, stressing the hell out over my number one, and you'll get why in a minute. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> the number one for me is Toy Story 3. And this is where I struggled so hard. Before I get into Toy Story 3, this was like, if I could just put the Toy Story franchise with the exception of Toy Story 4, which I'm sorry, side note, Toy Story 4 was awful. Terrible. I hated it. It was not necessary. But yeah, that's all. I already talked about this in a previous episode. I thought Toy Story 3 was a good ending. Exactly. And I'll get into that. But yeah, I already, if you made it this far in our podcast, you know how I feel about Toy Story 4, but I just need to throw that out there again. Yeah. If I could put Toy Story like 3, 2, 1 as my overall favorite, that's what I would do. Because, um... I said it, Toy Story 3 affected me the most because Toy Story 1 and 2 were so good, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they're all amazing. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, the Toy Story franchise, except for Toy Story 4, is just beginning to end perfect. It is the for perfect sure. beginning, middle, and end. And like I said, Toy Story 3 affected me so much because 1 and 2 were so good. So that's why I put Toy Story 3 um, as my top spot. Ken was amazing. Ken? Oh my god! And I will agree. Like, they Ken was in. the good part. Ken came in, and the fact that they, you know, made Barbie more of a, um established character. It was good. It was so good. Ken was amazing. 
And He's so funny. Lotso was a great villain. Obviously, you hate him, but you're supposed to hate him. I like really just for some reason like he got to me. He like, exactly. How, um, he got to me so hard, but you know what? Good for Pixar. They they did. He did what he was supposed to do. I like how Umbridge from uh, Dude, Harry even. Potter gets to you. That's how Lotso got to me. But um, that's I will give it to them. One of the most heartbreaking scenes. Out of all the Toy Stories was when they all join hands. And that's my, like, I have a star next to this. Yeah. This ending. So, again, Toy Story 3 was timed similarly to Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. They had Toy Story 3 come out when we were all, like, in high school. And I think it was, well, I was in high school. Toy Story 3 was timed up if you were, like, an earlier 90s baby, like, 90, yeah. 91. Toy Story came out in 91, didn't it? I believe so. Yeah, 91 off the top of my head. So, again, people that were graduating high school and going off to college were the same age as Andy in Toy Story 3. So, again, mm-hmm. it has that tug yeah. on heartstrings storyline. Because, again, you know, that storyline of, like, you're growing up, but you still feel that attachment. The whole ending. The oh, fact yeah. I'm, like, going all over the place. I'm sorry, but that's how good this movie is. So, the first half of the ending where, you know... They're falling into that fire pit and they're fighting and holding on, but you know, they just have that moment of this is it. Yeah. And they all just stop and hold hands and look at each other. Again, I'm like tearing up no, thinking about that, it. Out of any every Pixar movie. That one hit me the most. Every it, it literally just like punches you in the face as soon as they're like Yeah. Stop. And again, I was in high school. That was the point I was getting at. Was like I was in yeah. high school when this came out. And again, that was like my hard-edged teenage years. I was not a crier. Mm-hmm. I was bawling my eyes out in this scene. So that should tell you a lot right there. And then out of nowhere, it's like, claw. I know. The fact that the little green aliens <laughs> were the ones that saved the day was, you know, iconic. And then but... we're all just sitting there bawling our eyes out. And we're all just like, um, okay, so they're fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but to me, I think it could have been left like, you know, they're sitting there crawling, they're fighting, they're fighting. Yeah. And then the aliens come along. And I think... The story would have made sense, but the fact that they had that moment of just, this is it. This is our fate, and we're accepting that. That yeah. is such a powerful moment. No, that I, I don't think, chills right now. Exactly. No, I have goosebumps with my arm hair standing up straight. It's fine. I think that out of every Pixar movie is, because you never have that moment of just, especially with these characters you've been so attached to exactly. for so many years, to see them, like, because for a second, they really had you think, that this was gonna happen for a second, I was like, "Is this how?" Because it is towards this the is end. This how it goes. Like, I was like, "Is this seriously?" Because you were led to believe that this was gonna be the last Toy Story movie, and it should have been. But. Yeah, because really had me think for when they stopped and looked at each other, I was like, "This could really be like how it ends." I mean, of course, it's not gonna end that way, but like with Pixar, like we said, they're they do unconventional endings to their movies. So, because you kind of expect maybe that Andy will end up bringing them to college with him, like how some people just do stuff, like how I brought my stuffed animals here and I'm 22, about to be 23. Yeah. But, and then he ends up giving them to the little girl, someone who will play with them instead of just sitting in his closet. Because you kind of expect Andy to keep them, but this is still this amazing ending that's a little bit different. Yeah, and that's the other thing I said. I said the ending's a two-parter. You know, the fire pit is the first half, and then the ending where Andy gives the toys to Bonnie. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like, I love that 
you know, because when we all get to that, you know, end of high school, beginning of college phase, it's like, I feel like 90% of people aren't concerned with their childhood toys anymore. But I love how Andy has these moments throughout the movie where he's still like, he does that second glance at Woody. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, he still has that in him. It's like, you know, this was my childhood. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And then I love at the end, you know, he very easily could have let the toys sit in the attic. And you could tell he was fighting. He was like, these toys mean so much to me. But he I, almost took them back. Yeah, he almost took them back and was going to let them sit in the box, which, again, it's like, I get it, but I love how he was, it's like he did think of them as people. Yeah. They'll be happier with Bonnie, and someone who'll play it. with them. You see that inner struggle that Andy has, and I think it's so amazing. And when Bonnie starts to play with them, you can see the toys are like... Even the toys were conflicted. Yeah, they were, like, sad to see him go, but then they realized, like, this is what we want. We want to be played with, and we have this this new owner, like, and then they know Andy's going on to better things. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, actually tearing up (laughs) thinking about it because it's just the whole ending is so powerful. Oh, my God, I'm, like, literally crying. (laughs) No, I can't. Yeah. Um, Even the fact that Andy, I'm, like, crying. Oh, my God. What? Blah! (laughs) Um, the fact that Andy sits and plays with Bonnie, and, like, the toys. Oh my god, I'm sorry, guys, I'm actually crying, I hate myself. Um, Me and Lindsay are just experiencing a time right now. Don't mind us. <laughs> it's, it's been a year, it's yeah. been a year, but the fact that Woody, Buzz, and everybody got to play with um, Andy one more time. Ryan, finish this out because I'm legit, like, <laughs> sobbing. No, yeah, so the fact that, like, it ends Ryan with... Ryan knows what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, with Andy getting one, like, one last time to play with them, especially with this girl who's going to be, like... he. I feel like he kind of makes it easier for the toys. Like, he shows them, like, I'm leaving you in good hands and I'm going to lead you off the right way. Like, he really did think of them as people. And at the um, end of the day... It's a PSA. Take good care of your toys. Alright? Yeah, we'll end on that note, you know, <laughs> so I can collect myself. No, but, it's um, very deep. And let's and also moral of the story, treat your toys well. Yeah. Your, your toys have feelings. I don't um, care what anyone stinky says. Stinky Pete is stinky. And that's it. Um, so to end on a lighter note. I do want to give, before I tell you Allie's number one, Mm -hmm. I do want to give an honorable mention to Ratatouille. Ratatouille is my number six because, like, I was sitting there, like, trying to decide between Finding Nemo and Ratatouille. So I do need to give an honorable mention to it. It's it's a good movie. Toy Story 3 would probably would have been my six. Yeah. So Allie's number one. I didn't even need to tell me, or she didn't even need to tell me her number one. If you know Allie... Squirt is her all-time favorite Disney character. I mean, Mm -hmm. Squirt is tattooed on her body. (laughs) Her number one is Finding Nemo. If you know Allie, you knew that already. But um, Finding Nemo was like that comfort movie for Allie growing up. Um, It made her so happy. She watched it every night on DVD. Uh, Uh, She can quote the whole thing. She absolutely loves Finding Nemo. That I knew. Even Allie, I know, has mentioned it on this podcast before. She loves Finding Nemo. So... That is our Pixar top five showdown. The the emotions came out, which only makes sense because See, honestly, the world just came full circle because every movie or every Pixar movie has you end it in tears, and I yeah. just ended this podcast episode. Well, in the tears. thing is, the difference between me and Lindsay is that she only cries over like Disney stuff, and yes. I cry about everything else. Yeah, that's so. where Ryan and I are complete opposites. As I said earlier. 
Um, to this day, like, I really don't cry when it comes to movies, only Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. I, and it's funny, like, I'll put my business out there, like, I am in therapy, and I tell my therapist all the time, I cry about people that aren't real. Did you cry when Iron Man died? Okay, listen, okay, you know what, that's a subject oh, what are for you, another day. what are you, heartless? I am heartless, because, listen, the whole movie, I was so convinced it was gonna be Captain America... Which, in hindsight, it would have been too cliche if it was Captain yeah. America. But I was just so relieved that Cap was still alive. Oh, wow. that I was like, <sighs> Iron Man was my favorite. I know, but Captain America was mine. So, anyway, that just took a turn. Ugh. We went from Pixar to Marvel. Yeah. But, anyways, um, we're, all, we're almost at an hour. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So, I know a lot of people feel very passionate about Pixar. Yeah. Um, definitely message us. Let us know mm-hmm. where your top five are. I definitely know some definitely. of my movies are probably not in your top five. But you know what? Debate is fun. Mm-hmm. Debate is super fun. So I talked to Allie uh, today. She will 110% definitely be back next week. Yay. And we're so excited. Ryan, thank you for recording with me. I hope this wasn't awkward torture for you. Oh, no, no, no. I had to do a podcast for my senior capstone in college so and I was all by myself so I was already awkward enough on that yeah and I will say I wish I would have mentioned this earlier Ryan probably knows more about Pixar than I do you're definitely more of the Pixar side of Disney. So I, yeah, I mostly just would always watch Pixar. Pixar. So yeah. I will give you credit. You probably know more about Pixar than mm-hmm. I do. So love it. Perfect way to end. Mm-hmm. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and yes, we'll talk you. to you next week. I won't say.